0: Dennis Beard, we've been talking about the Feast of the Lord and focusing on the last season, Tabernacles, the season of Tabernacles, they're in the last of the seasons of God, the first being the season of Passover, having three feasts, Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Then the Feast of Pentecost, the body of Christ receives the Holy Ghost, Christ in you the hope of glory, the second season, which is the fourth feast, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, and then we come to the last season. The last season still, and prophetically, has not been fulfilled yet and experienced by the body of Christ. It's been paid for on the cross, but we have not experienced it yet. What is this? Now, as you have heard the first part of the Feast of Trumpets, we have talked about the silver trumpets and the shofar and, the, and what happens there and how Jesus fulfilled it all. But we experience the body of Christ. We're going to find, that, find out, and as we look at the book of the Revelation, that there are seven angels to the seven churches. The angels are not uh, Michael, Gabriel, they are the body of Christ in a higher level of glory. Now, we see that in Revelation 19.10. In Revelation 19.10, John, the beloved disciple, saw a man that looked just exactly like Jesus, and he knew that he was willing to worship this man, knowing that he is God. Walked like God, looked like God, and had the same character as God. And when he bowed down to worship him, the man said, See, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Now, that testimony of Jesus is what's separating the Pentecostal realm from the tabernacle realm or tabernacleist. The last body of Christ coming into that last day of glory, that last season of glory consummating in the day of the Lord. That is the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, small s. Why? Because the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, has revealed the word of God to the body of Christ, caught up to God and to his throne, and are sealed with that holy spirit of promise that after that you have received the word of god you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession now in the feast of trumpets we're going to find that voice of thunders the voice of a multitude the voice of many waters and those waters are the washing water of the word and of course they're in the worldly sense the waters are the multitudes, kindreds, tongues, and nations where the scarlet-colored beast sits and in that, in those uh, nations here in the earth. As we look at the trumpets, in the season of the Feast of Trumpets under tabernacles, in the Feast of Trumpets, it is a new beginning. It's a rosh Hashanah. It's a new year. It's a new thing, and a new wine must be put into new wine skins. That is why it's so essential and so important to receive the word of God. And after you receive it, then you're sealed. You're sealed as newborn babes. But then you grow. Then you receive many fillings of the Holy Ghost again and you're sealed as little children. Then we grow even more in the Lord Jesus Christ. Though the outward man is perishing, yet that inward man created after Christ Jesus is growing in glory, from glory to glory, then from little children to young men. And still, that's not the final stage of growth. Young men to fathers, And he said, I write to you, fathers, because the word of God is strong in you. And not only have you overcome the wicked one, but you've known him that's from the beginning. It's higher than just obedience to the word of God. Those are young men. The fathers have known him that's from the beginning. In other words, it's throne room revelation. It is that hidden manna that only he knows that receives it in that white stone which is given to us, wherein a new name is written, that only he knows that receives it. So therefore, we have to walk very, very softly before the Lord, broken, humble, and contrite, not lifted up in self, not speaking of ourselves, seeking our own glory, but speaking of him that sent him, that there's no unrighteousness in him, And there, the Lord will have the body of Christ as that voice as we look at the Feast of Trumpets in the book of the Revelation. In Revelation 8, we're going to see that this is the trumpets in the book of the Revelation. And the first thing we're going to notice is there's silence in heaven by the space of half an hour. Now, Let all the earth be silent, for the Lord is raised up out of his habitation. It means that God is going to do a work. He's going to intervene in the affairs of man. And mankind hear you, the word of the Lord. And we find that opening before the first angel sounds with that first trumpet. We're going to see that there's silence just as it would be in uh, the Feast of Trumpets in that Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the new year, that it was 10 days of awe, 10 days of introspection. And that's the reason there's silence in heaven by the space of half an hour. It's such a tremendous work, a strange work, a strange act, that it is such a profound, radical change that even the angelic hosts in heaven are silent. As we take a look in Revelation 8, we see when he had opened the seventh seal. Now, there's seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials, as we all know. The seventh seal is only opened by the Lord Jesus himself because he has prevailed to open the seals of the book. For thou was slain and hast redeemed us by thy blood. Only he is worthy. But the four living creatures, the zoe, the four beasts before the throne of God are the ones that's going to bring this message. And one of the four beasts said, come and see. Well, you have a lion, man, calf, and eagle. And they are the same living creatures as you see the cherubim in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. And why is that important? Because it's glory. Glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the body of Christ. Uh, Which, in the body of Christ, in the word of God, there's a final growth that we grow up into Christ in all things, all truth, that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that final step growth is that of fathers, And we see that correlated in the Old Testament in Malachi 4. At the end of the Old Testament, we find there's a day coming that will burn as an oven. And that day when the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet. And we don't desire that day, that woeful day, because God has no pleasure in the death and destruction of the wicked. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Therefore, we don't desire the woeful day. Amos tells us that. However, it will come to pass because of God's holiness, and that, that is determined will be done. Does a plowman plough all day to sow? Is there not going to be a harvest? Well, bread corn is bruised. He will not ever be threshing it with the wheel of his cart. So the appointed barley and the rye, that is the seed of God, the word, and the ones that have it are beaten out with a rod and the and the, uh, coming with a staff. We find that in Isaiah 28. So we're appointed to the rod and the staff of God, which is not to destroy us, but chastened that we would not be condemned with the world, even in this great work of God. This strange work that he's going to do, bringing to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands of your heart be made strong. This work, this strange work and this act, this stranger act, has surprised the hypocrite. They had no idea. The wicked cannot understand these things. This overflowing scourge will pass over and will find out the hiding place. For judgment would be laid to the lion and righteousness to the plummet. Now, we're going to see this in the revelation, in the trumpets of God, in a divine intervention in the affairs of men. Judgment will be laid to the lion. Why? Because when judgment's in the earth, men will learn righteousness, the true Jesus, not a false doctrine or a false uh, gospel but the true real gospel of jesus christ and we've turned from the lord and he said come and let us return to the lord for he's torn he'll heal us he has smitten he will bind us up those are chastening, the rod and staff of god on the body of christ for that we would not be condemned with the world but would yield the peaceable fruits of righteousness the, real, the revelation, the realization of who Jesus is, the only Lord God, not a trinity, not a binary, not the Lord Son of my Lord, not a two-ness, not a oneness, where the man's not God, but God's in him, even in glorification sitting at the right hand of God, false doctrine. There's a true doctrine of Christ, and everything in the book of the Revelation is to reveal Jesus Christ, not to destroy man. But because of God's holiness, and he is holy, that he cannot deny himself. Those that come to him, those that come to him must be sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Otherwise, by his own holiness, he must destroy them because he is holy. It's not his desire to. He doesn't desire that. But because He is God, who is holy, we must be holy. therefore, everything that's not that is unholy, that is profane, that doesn't serve God, will be destroyed. But before them there will be the, the long-suffering of God reaching out to mankind, and it will start with seals through the voice of the Lord through the four living creatures. And one of the beasts said, come and see, and I saw a white horse and him that sat on him. And that's the beginning of the proclamation of the public, the uh, little proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the publishing of it, the preaching of it. And that white horse rider who was given to him a crown and a bow. That bow is a, is a toxon, a fabric bow an ornamental fabric bow that you give to the victor after he has won the battle. Jesus gives it to us before the battle even starts in the final consummation of the age in the battle of good against evil. And a crown was given to the one on the white horse, which is the body of Christ. You've heard it's an antichrist. No, it's not. White is always righteousness. And the one that sat on him is faithful and true. We find that in Revelation 19. But this is the body of Christ, Revelation 6-1. And was given a stephanos, a crown, a victor's crown. And then, but it's noticed that it's the beasts ain't come and see. They're the ones preaching this gospel of the kingdom. Then it goes to a red horse, black horse. And pale then we find a fifth seal souls under that altar souls of souls of them slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held we know that that fifth seal there are these saints of God that have literally shed their uh, lots their life shed their blood been killed for the testimony of Jesus for the witness that they held of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge our blood upon them that dwell on the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. These are spirits of just men made perfect, Hebrews 12. And it was said in my hearing, until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. Now, that's the fifth seal. Then we have the sixth seal. And that fig tree shaken of a mighty wind, and untimely figs falling to the mouth of the spoiler, sun, of the darkness, moon, and blood. And then we find a, the last verse in Revelation 6 in the seals, and it says... And the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Then we find that we must be sealed in Revelation 7. we receive the sealing. That's the mind of Christ. Now, that's very important because there are four different growth levels in glory, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, in the body of Christ. To enumerate, the first one, is obviously the newborn babes, the babies. These are the ones whose sins are forgiven, born of the water and the spirit, born again, as in John 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and Rabbi, our teacher, sent from God. As Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus. Say, so how is a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb, thinking that a natural born again? But Jesus said, That which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, You must be born again. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There, and the water and the spirit, how to be born again was given the keys to the kingdom to Peter on the day of Pentecost. He is the one preaching along with the other 11, standing up and gave us that. Repent, that's the first step. That's that, the feast of Passover, repentance. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Born of the water. Water baptism. That the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Not by asking Jesus to come into your heart. Not by saying the sinner's prayer. But literally being baptized into his death. Romans 6, 1-4. That the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Romans 6, 4. You're complete in him and have need of nothing else. And whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Colossians 2, verse 10-12 that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. How? Colossians 2, 12. By baptism. Through faith in the operation of God. God takes a spiritual scaffold, cuts off the foreskin of the heart, the sins, the body of the sins of the flesh, and buries it in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, buried in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. How? By water baptism. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you're born of the water and now born of the Spirit. The promises unto you, to your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now that's the first level. Born of the water and the Spirit. Newborn babes. And they desire that sincere milk of the word. They may grow thereby. It requires a growth right now. We've got to grow up into Jesus in all things, all truth. All things is all truth. Why? Because faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And the things, of course, are by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not to hear, but also to believe and understand, being imputed for righteousness by faith not the righteousness of our own selves, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now that is a little baby. A baby desire than Cecile seal the word. Hebrews 5, Paul states that these babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They're unskillful in it. They must grow. The next area of growth in John's epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14, is I write in you little children, you grow from a baby to a little child. And Paul said, When I was a child, I understood as a child. I then understood and thought as a child thinks. But when I became a man, we got to become full grown. I put away childish things. Well, these are little children. What separates them from that of babies, the newborn babes? Well, I write to you, little children, because you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me that I'm in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. I can of my own self do nothing, the Father dwelling in me housing permanently in me. He's revealing the father. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, hath declared him. That's the reason Jesus said, I and my father are one, John 10:30). And Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father, you shall die in your sins. Well, those are little children. Well, that's certainly not full grown yet. So we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The next step is young men. The word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. And that is doing the will of God. As we read in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, those are the ones born again, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God for you. Work out your own salvation, for it's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's God that's working in you, both to willing to do, to do his will. And the young men. Doing his will they've overcome the wicked one and the word of God is strong in them doing the will of God But there's still another final step Not just as newborn babes in the birth Or the high priest not as that uh, will of God being done But the final Sealing in the foreheads is the mitre of the priest It is solid gold, and written on it is holiness unto the Lord, Jehovah Tendishkinu. That is a sealing held by two ribbons of blue, fastening it to the forehead of the priest in that mitre. When that seal is there, there is no way that priest can be deceived because of the sealing of God in the forehead. But you're sealed by the Word of God with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption, until you receive the promised possession. So you start out as babies, then little children, then young men, then the father, father's seal, and the final consummation of the last sealing the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7. Seal the servants of God in their forehead. Now, those are the ones that will be the trumpet voice of God, the voice of a multitude, the the voice of God, the voice of the Almighty. The voice of a multitude is the body of Christ, the voice of many waters, the washing water of the word, the waters of truth. They will be the one. And we see that, and we're kicking this off in Revelation 8. And we're going to see that as we see the Feast of Trumpets in the book of the Revelation, that we see also in the Old Testament that Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Remember my servant Moses. He did judgment miracles, destroyed the gods of Egypt. God through him, Christ through him did it and then led him through the wilderness to Kadesh Barnea. At that time, because he had smoked the rock the second time, rather than speaking to it, he was not able to cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. He could see it, behold it, but not enter into it. Why? Because it will be Joshua. Yeshua. It will be Yeshua. It will be Joshua. That will do it. So we will see... A correlation as a type with Joshua taking the children of Israel over the Jordan River and then taking Jericho in a new thing and how it relates. Now, we start off in Revelation 8 by silence in heaven by the space of half an hour Jesus is the one doing this. It's the work of the ministry, but it's a Jesus ministry. It's not us. It's the Lord Jesus. Well, we have to see what's doing it with Joshua. Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, you'll leave my people alone. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And I will sanctify you among the people, God said. Now, on that time that they're going over Jordan River, they're going to take Jericho, we find in Joshua 5, who's commanding this, who's the leader of this, who is the one in charge? We see there in the fifth chapter of Joshua, he says, verse 10, and the children of Israel encamped at Gilgal. Golgol, Gilgal, Loel, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. Now they've already passed over. Now watch what he says. And they did, they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover unleavened cakes and parched corn in the self same day. And the man has ceased. Why? because you're coming out of the wilderness. Now you're giving the hidden manna, that hidden manna that you will eat, that white stone which is given to you, and inside a name written that only he knows that receives it. It's a higher level than Pentecostal glory. This is a type of it here with Joshua, who is doing this. And verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, Jericho, it's month, it's fragrance. We see that he lifted up his eyes and looked, our level of glory, eyes are always the angel and revelation of Jesus, and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Now, why was this so different? And Joshua went to him and said unto him, Are thou for us or for our adversaries? Are you for us or against us? He was very inquisitive to know because this man, he knew that power, that glory, the radiance of this man. And he said, nay, no, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I come? The captain of the Lord of hosts is the Lord of sabaoth the Lord Jesus. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. You all can worship God. This is God. It is a manifestation of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament to Joshua. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua asking. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now we're coming into a time that we have to be broken, humble, and contrite. We're coming into a time that we have to realize it's all the Lord and none of us. The body of Christ and the work of the ministry. It's not us, it's him. We're getting ready for the trumpets. We're getting ready for the work of God in judgment, but it will be carried out through the body of Christ. The preaching of this gospel published will not be by angels. They desire to look into it but he has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost, and they are the trumpet voice of God. In chapter 6 of Joshua, we see that Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. Who's going to be used? The children of Israel. Who's going to be used in the revelation and these trumpets of God? What we're going to see Seven angels. Somebody said, Well, those are angels. Well, there's seven angels to the seven churches. And I submit to you that these angels are not their angelos, yes, but messengers of God. It can be also not only the host of heaven, but the body of Christ in a higher glory. They are the angels to the seven churches, and and those angels of the seven churches is who the Lord is speaking to and giving them the word of the Lord. That is synonymous with Zechariah 4, uh, the two sons of all the two witnesses, which are the olive branches of the olive trees. they over the olive trees, the cherubim of glory, made of that olive tree overlaid with gold in the holiest of all, the most holy place, the holy of holies. And in 1 Kings 6:23, they shadow the mercy seat. They're ten cubits high, and have a wingspan of each wing being five cubits. <clears throat> there, two cherubim, being ten cubits high, five cubit wingspan, touching each wing, and the walls are twenty cubits wide literally touching the walls of the most holy place, of the walls of salvation. And the walls are made of cedar. The fur is made, the floor is made of fur. But the walls of the most holy place, the holy of holies, is made of cedar, overlaid with gold. But God will uncover the cedar works, Zephaniah 2. How? Through the work of the cherubim and God's judgment. That's very important and the cherubim are not angels. We see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, there's 4 and 20 elders, and the 4 and 20 seats before the throne of God, and John sees 4 and 20 elders. That is the priesthood, which is the body of Christ that's made to sit together in heavenly places that are redeemed of the Lord, we see in Revelation 5. Not only are the 4 and 20 elders the redeemed of the Lord singing the song of the redeemed, but also the four beasts, the four living creatures, the four zoe. So they sang the song of the redeemed because they are the redeemed. They are not angels, and they will be the ones in Revelation 6 that will proclaim the seals in the voice of God saying, come and see, come, make a move, change. Don't stay in Pentecost, come higher come. And then what? See the revelation and see. And each one of them will say, come and see. And now we're coming to the trumpets, the trumpet judgments of God. Judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, revealing Christ for the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must surely come to pass. Those are the things of faith which were earnestly contended for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. This faith is much higher, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. That man, Jesus, is that spirit. He's been glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. He's a blessed and only Potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. He is the only one that hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach into nor see, nor can see. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Revelation 1, 8, which is the Alpha and, and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was and is to come, the Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, the man, Christ Jesus. That man has been made a quickening spirit. In the days of his flesh, he's one of us, a man in, under the law, made in under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. But after he has broke down the middle wall of partition, taking the ordinance of the law, nailing it to his cross, breaking down that middle wall of partition, thereby making peace, and one new man. The new man is Christ. The first beginning of the creation of God and the new creation in a new earth and a new heaven is all by him, Jesus Christ, and him alone. He is that God. Now, this is to reveal Jesus and him alone. And the cherubim are in the likeness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man unto to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And they can sing the song of the redeemed because they are the redeemed of the Lord. Now, we go to the Revelation 8, the trumpets of God. And he says, and I saw the seven angels. Now we said over there in Joshua 6, the first verse, that they were the children of Israel. They're the ones that God's going to use. Here it's the seven angels. That's the church of the living God in a higher glory. The angels the chosen one, the seven angels to the seven churches. In Zechariah 4, they are the two olive branches. These are the olives, uh trees standing on the right and left hand of god and over them a bowl which they will empty out of themselves the golden oil not a half egg of beaten olive oil in the knots of bowls of the candlestick to give light over against the sanctuary in pentecost shabbat no they've gone within the veil this is a higher glory this is tabernacles This is not Pentecost. There are many Pentecostals, but the Pentecostals will become tabernacleists in the last day work of the ministry because they've received the word of God. And after they've received it, they're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, with the Holy Ghost, Christ in you. Now, the seven angels to the seven churches are those two sons of oil in Zechariah 4. They are the two olive trees there the cherubim of glory in 1 Kings 6.23. And they cover the mercy seat. Paul said in Hebrews 9, verse 5, that's cherubim of glory shadowing that mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly. Not because he ran out of time. Simply because he was in Pentecostal reign of glory. And it was not that season. It was not the right season. That's a Pentecostal Shabbat season. But this is Sukkot. This is the season of Sukkot, season of booths, tabernacles. And we're going to find in that season of tabernacles, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Why? Because we're going to see the redemption miracles of Jesus. Heal the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils on blind eyes. Least the dumb tongue, the lame walking, captain went free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. But we're going to see the judgment miracles of Moses. As he literally destroyed all the gods of Egypt, turning the water into blood and smiting the earth with plagues as often as he would, there in and according to the word of God. But those in, at, there in that Moses and the judgment miracles will also be the ones given to the body of Christ and the two witnesses in Revelation 11. They will be able to strike the, smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. Turn the water to blood, as often as they will. We had a type of it in the Old Testament. Moses destroying the gods of Egypt. Well, the body of Christ, the word of God through them, Christ through them, they are the ones that's going to destroy the gods of the earth, God through them, Christ through them, as instruments of judgment. This honor have all the saints. We see that in in Psalm 13. 149, to bind the kings and chains, nobles and fetters of iron, this honor to render the uh, the, uh, the judgments that, that are written, this honor have all the saints. And he talks about the vengeance of the Lord in the day of the Lord, that they will be instruments of God's judgments in the day of the Lord, when they're changed in a moment and a twinkle in die, But before then, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, Quorum, Lord, come. We have Moses and Elijah and Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus, all the ones in the body of Christ will be doing redemption miracles, the same that Jesus did in the days of his flesh. They will be doing the judgment miracles of Moses that Christ did through Moses. They're in that three and a half year, 42 month, time, times and a half, 1203 three score days of the Jesus ministry. The same that Moses did. And Elijah did a kingdom miracles. And these will also that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. The same that Elijah did. And he, he is the restoration prophet. He, Elijah, must come first and restore all things. That's the Elijah ministry revealed in John. John's a beloved disciple. Somebody said, well, that's just a man. It's in the spirit of Elijah. John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming, and John will forerun Jesus' second coming. Not a man, but the man that is the son of man revelation. For the Revelation 19:10, man that you see is the son of man which is Jesus is the head, and each individual member of the body of Christ makes up that man, filling heaven and earth, the body of Christ, of whom the whole body in heaven and earth is named the name Jesus. It will reveal Jesus. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're a living epistle. You're a royal priesthood. You're a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. This is what the Lord's doing now to those that have an ear. It's far, far greater glory than just Pentecost, my friend. Somebody said, we we don't even see the works done in the book of Acts now. That's right, God has changed gears, and what we're about to see is going to literally make the book of Acts pale in comparison to what God does in the last great reign of his strength. So I submit to you that those two sons of all those two olive branches in Zechariah 4 that empty out themselves the golden oil that goes into that golden oil goes into a bowl and on the bowl has seven pipes coming out of it going into the church, the candlestick to the seven lamps. And it's not a beaten olive oil. It's golden oil. This is not revelation in Pentecost. This is throne room revelation that only he knows that receives it and you must experience it and see the throne starting in Revelation 4 in order to be a part of it. That is not a rapture, my friend, in Revelation 4 verse 1. What is it? Well, it is that beginning of the trumpet voice of God the trumpets with a feast of trumpets, and it's going to get louder and louder, crescendo and accelerate as the day of the Lord approaches. In Revelation 4, verse 1, John said, there was a door open to me in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me. That trumpet is a trumpet voice of God saying, come up hither, Somebody said, Well, that's rapture. No, it's a higher level of glory. Why? And I will show you things. Those are the things of faith, which will come to pass hereafter. In AD 92, certainly well after Titus, son of Vespasian, had destroyed the temple in 70 AD and Masada in 72 and 73 AD. This is a new thing. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the full feast of the Lord from uh, Passover, Feast of Weeks, and Tabernacles, and the consummation of all things, and revealed to the body of Christ before he does it. Because God said, I'll do nothing you save it until I show it to my servants, the prophets. Who are the prophets? You are now. God, in t- Sunday times and diverse manners, Spake to the fathers by the prophets. That's how he did it back then. But hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Hmm, that's you, the body of Christ. You have entered in within the veil and you enter boldly within because God is revealing this to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He's doing it now. So I submit to you, the two sons of all, the two olive branches in Zechariah 4, are the same of the angels to the seven churches, uh, seven angels to the seven churches, which he gives and speaks to the angels to give to the church at Ephesus. Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, same one. It's a higher level of glory. And that is the things that... Shown unto the servants of God, which must shortly come to pass. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ in a higher level of glory than Pentecost. Far higher level of glory. And how do we know that? Because we have to come to the image of Jesus Christ, not something short of it. He's given a fivefold for the perfecting of the saints. And those that he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified. See the progression? From a calling, justification, glorification, to the same image of Jesus Christ. You see that in Second Corinthians, the third chapter. And here again, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. It's all in him, by him, and through him, not of us. The commander-in-chief there that we see uh, that was to Joshua was a captain of the Lord's host, Jesus. He worshipped him. Joshua worshipped him. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. We see in 1 Peter 1 that all the Old Testament prophets searched diligently until the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them, testified by the spirit of Christ. That is a capital S, that is God, who is that spirit. How did Moses prophesy? By the spirit of Christ that was in him. How did uh, Joshua, how did all of the ones in the Old Testament prophesy by the spirit of Christ that was in them? Well, right there we see that they're going to take the city of Jericho. It's months. It's fragrance. We've already gone through the Battle of Ai, but this is Jericho. It's month. It's a time of the Feast of Trumpets, and it's going to be done by those trumpets, by the trumpet voices, and we're going to see there's first, there is space, a half an hour of silence in heaven. Now, notice in, in uh, Joshua that he says the priest there to the children of Israel that in verse 10 notice it says and Joshua had commanded the people saying you shall not shout it's going to be silence nor make any noise with your voice total silence neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Total silence. Until the day I bid you shout. Then shall you shout. Whether silence in heaven by the space of half an hour, Joshua was telling the children of Israel, and the priests there, you do not say a word for the first six days that we go about walking about and around Jericho. And, uh, It'll be total silence, just as it is in the trumpets, in the piece of trumpets in Revelation 8. Now, it says also there that there's total silence there. Where is the location? Well, we look at Re- Revelation 8 two. I saw these seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. I submit to you that's the body of Christ and its higher glory. Somebody said, well, wait a minute. I thought they're before the throne of God. Yeah, they're caught up to God and to his throne and seeing things that must shortly come to pass. They're giving that trumpet voice of God. Not the angels. The angels aren't going to preach preach the word of God. And we find out where are these trumpets? Where are the ones that's going before uh, this one in Joshua? Where are they? Well, they're before the ark. Look at verse 6. They're before the ark of the covenant. And it says, verse 6, And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant before the, and let seven priests here bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Where are they? They're before the ark of the testimony. They're before the ark. Of God. The priest. Just as the angels to the seven churches. Are going to be speaking to the seven churches. The voice of the Lord. Those are the ones that are the fathers. But they will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. And the fathers to the children. To bring the whole body of Christ unto perfection. Even the little sister. What shall be done for her when she's asked for, when she's spoken for? She's not ready to meet God. But is God going to let her be lost? No. If she be a door, we will enclose her with cedar, the cedar work. That's the walls of cedar, which the cherubim of glory touched those walls in the cedar work. With the end, the tip end of their wings, shadowing at the same time, the mercy seat. If she be a wall, We will build upon her a palace of silver. We'll finish the work that she may be presented blameless, both spirit, soul, and body at the coming of the Lord. Perfected, the body of Christ will be without spot and blemish, a church delivered to Jesus Christ, presented to him a glorious church without spot or blemish. We find that these seven angels are before the throne of God and receive seven trumpets. The same, the seven, the, the priests of the Lord are going to bear seven trumpets also before the Lord, before the ark of the Lord. You'll find that in Joshua 6, verse 6. Now, where? Where are this invading army? Who is that going to be? You'll see the invading army take a look at in uh, Joshua, verse 7. And he said unto the people, Pass on, compass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. That's the children of Israel. Those are not angels. It's the children of Israel bearing the trumpets. Take a look. And uh, uh, we'll find that in Revelation 19, the armies of God. They are in that army of the Lord. And each one of these trumpets are going to sound by and through the body of Christ, which are the judgments of God that he said would come to pass in Isaiah 28, which is a strange work, blowing these trumpets, that judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, and each time they blow a trumpet, a judgment, the judgment that's given to the witness, two witnesses, the two sons of oil, The two olive trees, the cherubim, the living creatures that are before the throne of God that have gone from Pentecost unto the next realm of glory, tabernacles. And those are the ones that's going to be used. And we see the seven angels before God. And to them were given seven trumpets, just as it was with Joshua, the body of Christ. Now watch. And it said, and another angel came and stood at the altar. Now, that's not the body of Christ. This one has a golden censer, the golden censer, which are the prayers of the saints. And it was given to him much incense. Now, we're, bind, we're binding the whole body of Christ, the temple of God, into one. You get the coals of the coals from off the altar of burnt offering on the fire plane. You take that to the golden censer. And place it in there, meaning you take the incense off of the table of shoe bread, which are the face bread of the body of Christ. The face, why it so important on the face bread? Because God for, has shown forth His glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The face bread being our, before that glory, before God Almighty, where our, our lives are hid with Christ and God. And then on top of that, on top of those two rows, six in each row of the table of shoebread, the ministry lifting up Jesus, we take the incense and it's poured out into the golden censer on the coals that were taken from the altar of burnt offering. Now with the incense off the table of shoebread and in that golden censer, and we're going within the veil. In other words, it's taking all from Passover to Feast of Weeks, pentecost right into tabernacles one body a total voice of god in one mind and one accord speaking the same thing in the last day work of the ministry and only god can do it it's not a denomination it's the body of christ coming into that higher glory and speaking through the unction of the holy ghost and it says there was much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer. Here we go. Filled it with fire off the altar. What? All the prayers of the saints and desire of the holy ones through that decree are going to be thrown into the earth. God's going to do a great thing, but he will be sought for it. He will be entreated for it. He will be, uh, we must ask God in supplication and prayer for this to come to pass, even though it will, for that that is determined will be done. But he will be entreated and sought for this. And then what happens? He takes this and and, uh, took the fire off the altar, cast it unto the earth. Everything there. The desire of the saints. Shaken of all nations that the desire of all nations will come. And it says, and cast into the earth and there were voices. That is the voice of Almighty God. The voices. The same that John saw and heard in Revelation 10. The seven thunders uttered their voices. Well, where would it come from? It came from God, the commander-in-chief, the Lord of hosts. It went through the earth. And what happened? There were voices, thunderings. Well, God said that would happen. He said, Paul, given to us in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, tells us that God there in Exodus 19, Whenever he spoke, the voice of God thundered upon Mount Sinai, as a voice of a trumpet that got louder and louder, crescendo, how louder and louder. And as it did, the people were exceedingly afraid with uh, and, and with fear. Moses said I exceedingly fear and quake. The people shook, trembled, because God descended on the mountain and His voice as he spoke was as a a trumpet, thundered. Well, here it is. There, God did it in the days of Moses on Mount Sinai. But God is not going to do that again just on Sinai and shake only the earth. There was a great earthquake. It shook the earth. But now, in Hebrews 12, Paul tells us, The Lord hath promised yet once more, He shakes not the earth only, but also heaven. He's going to shake all the nations and heaven itself. Here it is. That all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are made. Everything man made will be shook and destroyed. Literally cast down. And it won't be one stone upon another. Cast down. And The remnant, those that cannot be shaken, the church of the living God, the remnant that are still standing, seeing then that remnant that cannot be shaken may remain, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. You can't move the saints of God. They're forever established in the doctrine of Christ. And that's your whole ceiling, Christ, in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. The height, you know, is God. The depth, you know, he became a man. The length that is in the body of Christ, Christ in of glory, and the length and width is that we're going to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ by the working of the Holy Ghost Christ in us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the trumpet voices will be voices, thunderings, and John heard it. He heard what the voices of the seven thunders. He was about to write, and he said, write it not. Take that little book, that BiblioRidian, out of that angel's hand and eat you all of it. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence. A violent, take it by force. You've got to take it. If you sit back there and that an ease and Zion and just kind of float along and stay in your little tradition of the denominal churches, you'll never see it. But those that said, I want to see this glory, I want to see the glory of God, those will be the ones that he uses, the ones that take it by force. John, take it. Take the book out of the way, that little book out of the angel's hand, and eat you all of it, not part of it, not just one verse where you say, well, I did this, and I'm saved. I'm Acts two 38. I've repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I've received the Holy Ghost, I'm saved. Not one, but eat you all of it. Get versed in the kingdom of God. That's what you're going to preach. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. All the apostles preached the kingdom of God. What will we preach? The kingdom of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Preaching Christ and establishing the doctrine of Christ. And if any man bring not and abideth not in this doctrine of Christ, all the way, not to just the beginning of babes or little children or young men, but all the way the Father's, growing up in him and all things. If they don't abide in that doctrine of Christ, unto the fullness of the measure of the statute, it's because there's no light in them. To the law and to the testimony. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. If any man speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Not some light, no light. Where are the ones? Oh, that they were wise. They would that they would consider or know their latter end. God is doing it now. Search your other book and read. Not one of these things of faith will fail. It'll all come to pass according to his word. That's the reason it's so important that we receive the word of God. Most don't even read the book of the Revelation because they've been told they're raptured out and has nothing to do with you. Not realizing that it's written to you that you will be able to be sealed in Revelation 7 and stand in the Lord Jesus Christ, established in the doctrine of Christ. It's written to you, not to Israel. It's written to the church, the body of Christ, the servants of God, not to Israel after the flesh. Many, many lies to, to annul the work of God. Their voices, their thunderings, lightnings, what? You will go forth as lightning from the east to the west. The cherubim over in Ezekiel, they go as lightnings going from the east to the west. That's a proclamation of the promulgation of the gospel of Jesus Christ going to all the world for a witness in all nations. And they go everyone straight forward. They just not against themselves. They're in one mind and one accord. And In the wheels, there's a wheel in the middle of a wheel, and was cried to them, in my hearing, O wheel, Christ the Son of Man, in the midst of the seven uh, churches, is but one wheel. We're one with Christ. Father, make them one, even as we're one. That same glory that he had in the days of his flesh, he said, that same glory, I give unto them. Here it is. It's in the trumpets. It's in the ministry voice of Jesus. That ministry voice of Jesus will be for a time, times a half, three and a half years, forty-two months, thousand two hundred three score days. You'll see it in Revelation ten, Revelation eleven, and Revelation twelve. You'll see that here in Revelation eight that that is the voice of God, and we're going to see what they are now when we seven, these seven angels begin to sound. They will not do it until the end. The time of the invasion, the time of the invasion, of the total invading, is at the end of the sixth trumpet going into the seventh trumpet. Where do you also see that? Take a look at Revelation 10. It's at the end of that seventh trumpet. The trumpets ordered their voices, all seven. John heard it and was about to write. Write it not. Get it out of that little book. Because, John, the body of Christ, you're going to have to prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. The body of Christ. In the spirit of Elijah, as John, that forerun Jesus' first coming, you, the body of Christ, that receive the word of God and go into a higher glory, not Pentecostal, but tabernacleists, will be the ones that do this. And notice, John takes that book and eats it. All of it. It's sweet to his mouth as honey. That's revelation of the word, because butter and honey shall everyone eat that's left in the land. And it'll be bitter to your belly. There's a bitter herbs of the sufferings, of course. Then he says, after he did, John, you've got to again prophesy. But notice in verse 7 of Revelation 10, there. Whenever uh, he said, uh, "In the day of the voice of the seventh angel, that last angel, that last trump, then you're going to invade. Is going to invade. Yes, it'll be the day of the Lord. Comes a thief in the night. It will invade the earth. The Lord will come, descend from heaven with a shout." With the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ were last first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we move the Lord and come down and execute the judgments of God as written in the word of God that you are God's instruments of judgment. You are his battle axe. This honor have all the saints to render the vengeance as God has written by his prophets. And uh, you'll find that in Uh, Psalm 149. Notice here. He said, The days of the voice of that seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. And uh, then by knowing that word of God, that having eyes before and behind, having known him that's from the beginning, the word of God, they know it. Before it happens, they know it. They're standing for it and going to preach it in the voice of God as the seven trumpets in judgment go through the earth, through the body of Christ, and each one of them in this manner by that fire that proceedeth out of their mouth, the fire of the Holy Ghost, shall in this manner they be killed. You don't kill anybody. God is doing all of it. God's judgments are doing all of it. All we're doing is a mouthpiece for God. We're speaking the Word of God. Those are the fathers that have known Him that's from the beginning. That Him that's from the beginning is the Word. And they have, the cherubim, the living creatures have eyes before and behind. And there's seal in that apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7, proclaiming this Word. Now know that in the day of that seven that seventh angel, that it comes time to reach, to reap, reap the earth. Notice in Revelation 14, those that are sealed, the servants of God in their forehead, having their father's name written in their forehead. In Revelation 14, same seal that you see in Revelation 7, which is the word of God, that that you've received that word of God. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's after you receive the word. Well, the word has to be revealed. God's revealing it now. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show his servants things, things of faith, which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it, sealed it, signed it by his angel unto John. John's the body of Christ in our glory, not Pentecost, but tabernacles. And... They're the ones. Notice, it says that these ones that have the seal. Let's take a look at it, Revelation fourteen. It says, in verse one, and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the mount Zion, and with him a hundred forty-four thousand. R M D thousand, R one hundred M forty D four thousand, writing it just with the. The, the letters of the Greek alphabet, having their father's name written in their foreheads, not only in it. These are the ones sealed in Revelation 7. What are they doing? I heard a voice from heaven. Where's that voice coming from? The throne room of God. The man shall cut up to God in two thrones. Who is the body of Christ? They are the living creatures. They are the two olive trees, the olive branches in Zechariah 4. They are... Those two unnoted ones in Revelation 11. They're the ones that have not only the judgment miracles of Moses, the redemption miracles of Jesus, and the, the restoration miracles of Elijah. Restoring. And it says, the, they, the voice of many waters. What are those waters? The waters of truth. The washing of water of the word the crystal sea, the knowledges of God. And as the voice of a great thunder, one voice, all in one mind, one accord, in unison. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. We're one, the harps of our heart are with the harps of God in one unity. Not that you're beating a ten-string instrument, but you're one with heaven. And they sung, as it were a new song that's a song of the redeemed the song of the lamb before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song this is the name written and only he knows it receives it that's the stone that's the rock that's the christ but the 144,000 which were redeemed those aren't angels redeemed from the earth and they 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 have no guile they're chaste virgins they are the the wise virgins they have oil in their lamp the bridegroom's coming they've got plenty of oil in their lamp the oil of truth the other foolish virgins were virgins also they just didn't have enough oil of truth the oil is the truth of the word the holy ghost is the fire that lights it notice it says there that the patience of the saints of the of uh, the saints of God in, in Revelation 14, 12. Here is the patience if of the saints. The saints are those sanctified in God, not natural Israel. The saints of the living God, that our saints are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. They are the servants of God, called by the name of God, having their father's name, Jesus, written in their forehead. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. What's the faith of Jesus? The testimony of Jesus. That's the faith. Somebody said, I didn't get that. Those that love God keep his commandments. That's the love of God in charity. You not only hear the word, but you're a doer of it. Those are the ones that keep the commandments of God. But, and that keep the commandments and the faith of Jesus. The faith of God. Well, what's that? It's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, which is the faith once delivered to the saints. How'd you get it? Through the word of God, showing you things which must shortly come to pass. Those are the trumpets. You cannot preach something that you have not had and have the revelation of. If it's not in you, you can't come through you as you seek a truth of Christ speaking through you. And that's what's happening here. And it said, I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, their works do follow them. It does not mean that you will not seal your testimony with your own blood, but you will not waver, even unto death, a mortar, a witness of Jesus. And those are the church of the living God. These are the saints of the living God. They're not natural Israel. That missed the rapture. Ha! What a joke. And it says, right here, and right there, I looked and behold a white cloud upon the cloud. The cloud is a great cloud of witnesses. The cloud is always a cloud of witness. It's not a thrombus or cumulus or a cirrus cloud. It's a cloud of witnesses. That's a host of heaven. It'll be the angelic host, the armies of heaven, Revelation 19, and the the body of Christ. The spirits of just men made perfect coming down with the Lord, and the bodies will be resurrected from the dead. And it says, on that cloud one set, like unto the Son of Man. Son of Man is Jesus the head, and the members of the body of Christ making one man. Having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. What does he do? He reaps the harvest. Now before them there are the trumpet judgments of God. The time of the invasion will be the day of the Lord. Now the holders of the trumpets are seven feasts, seven priests before the throne of God. Where are these? Seven angels before what? The throne of God. It's the body of Christ. That's what is so important. What is the reaction? Well, on that day, you're going to shout. Well, what happens in Revelation 11 over there? What do they do? There was a loud voice. It says in heaven. And uh, it, that, that voice, they uttered a voice and uh, a loud voice is in heaven. And you will see that in uh, Revelation uh, there 11.15. In that two witnesses there, 1115, as you read it, it says, and the seventh angel sounded. When that seventh angel sounds, that's a seven-seven. That's what John saw in the full consummation of things in Revelation 10. He saw this. He heard what the seven thunders uttered, all of them, uttered their voices. He was about to write. He said, no, you're going to get it out of the book, the biblio reading, the little book. You eat all of it because that's where you're going to get it. Revelation 11, the seventh angel sounds. Then all the first six angels, all of those are judgments in the earth, not to destroy mankind, but to get mankind's attention to come and serve the living God, return to him, give him glory. But they refuse to do so. When that seventh angel sounds, on the seventh day, They went seven times around Jericho and blew with that trumpet and shouted, and the walls of Jericho fell down. Well, what's happening here? The seventh angel sounds. That is the body of Christ. And when they sound, there are many voices in heaven, great voices. And the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ. The walls come down, the kingdoms of this world come the kings of our Lord and of his Christ. How loud a voice is it? And uh, that that, uh, verse 15 says great voices, loud voices in heaven. It literally takes the kingdoms of there in the promised land, there of Jericho, and literally became under Joshua and the children of Israel. What happens in the last great trumpets of God? All the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, but their judgment, yeah, as we see in Revelation eight, we they sound a a trumpet. Now remember, in Revelation eleven, they have power to smite the earth with plagues as often as it will. That's the body of Christ in a higher glory than what we've seen in Pentecost. It is the fullness of the power of God, not only in redemption miracles. Of Jesus that he did in the days of his flesh judgment miracles of Moses that he did in destroying the gods of Egypt and the redemption miracle or the uh, uh, the restitution restoration miracles of Elijah and what if the Mount Carmel experience all the prophets of the groves and the prophets of Baal are going to be literally put under and only the Lord God Almighty, he will be God. It's restoration, restoring back to God. It happened on Mount Carmel. And uh, if you got, we have to see Elijah. We have to see the restoration ministry. For Elisha wanted a double portion. And he said, Elijah said, you ask a hard thing. But if you see me, if you see me, go up. If we see this ministry of Elijah, this restoration ministry, go up. Literally raised up the last day, not Pentecost, but the trumpet voice of God. You see that go up. That ministry voice of Jesus go up. You see that restoration ministry of Elijah go up. Christ. Then you'll have this double portion. Did he see it? Of course he did. The chariots came and a whirlwind. Came and took Elijah up by a whirlwind. Well, what did Elisha see? My father, my father, pa- not children, my, not my babies, not my young man. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel. The chariot is the word of God you've got. That's the oil in your lamp. That's your chariot. But having oil in your lamp is not worth anything until you obey it. And the fire of the Holy Ghost you, hit lights it as a living epistle. The chariot by itself will do nothing. But your faith is a horse that pulls that chariot. That is the horse, is the faith that gives the life to that chariot, to the word. The logos is a logos. Your loins are girded about with truth. That's fine. But until you take the sword of the spirit, the rhema, your offensive weapon, and using that in wisdom, that is your only offensive weapon. Your loins girded about with truth, logos, taking a shield of faith for all the fiery darts of Satan and the sword of the spirit. That's rhema. That's the horse that pulls that chariot. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel, look at the oil in the left, and the horsemen there, look at the faith the horsemen thereof. That's the Elijah ministry in and through John, the body of Christ, that you must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. You can see the judgments in the earth that are given to the body of Christ with the Lord backing them up in the ministry voice of Jesus. You see that in the first trumpet? And the first trumpet sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. They were cast upon the earth. Same thing as you say, well, that hail, fire, that mingled blood, that happened with Moses. Yes, but it's going to happen again through the body of Christ. And the third part of the trees were burned up, and the green grass was burnt up. Yes, it's going to be that radical. Second angel sounded. There was a great mountain burning with fire, cast into the sea. Third part of the sea became blood. Water game. And the third part of the creatures which are in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. My talk about maritime problems. God's going to shake this earth and it's going to reel to and fro. Third angel sounded. You're the one sounding that. You're the warning. That is the word of God. And there fell a great star from heaven. You know, that white horse rider, if they receive it, they'll be saved. They'll come in there. So I'll overtake the reaper, the reaper of the sword, be a harvest immediately. They'll come into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ in a short work. But if it don't, then it turns to red conquest. And that father against son, son against father, sword in the earth. Then we're balanced They're a black horse rider. Three measures of barley for a penny, measure wheat for a penny, but don't hurt that. Don't hurt that fruit harvest of oil and wine. They've already come in to that measure, the statue of Jesus. But that little sister that hadn't is three measures of barley for a penny. We still got to buy, buy the truth and sell it not. Measure wheat for a penny, that's Pentecost. There, they still, a fundamentalist can come in. A Pentecostal can come in. But we all must come in. That's the thing. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We can't sit back and be an ease in Zion and say, I've got it. Who's by my servant in a cent or seeds as my as my servant that is perfect? We have to understand that we have to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man to that measure. It's what we're called for. And then that star is called wormwood. We see that wormwood. Is peace that will destroy many. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on the earth? That is wormwood. Well, that's not God. He's love, and he won't do these instruments of judgment will do the body of Christ, just as Moses, when he said, God will do a new thing. And against, uh, when when you see that the ones that had come against Moses, and Moses said, look, uh, Korah's house, and. Uh, the cursed thing, and and uh, we find that he, Moses got to do a new thing. There's going to swallow up a barren, and uh, and when it does, and the household, those that come again are going to be go straight into the pit. Well, that when it happened, they blamed. They blamed. They blamed Moses, that you've destroyed the people of God. Well. The ones that don't understand in the last days and God doing the judgment to the lion, using the saint and righteousness to the plummet to reveal Christ, warning the people to come to the true God and eternal life, the one God, Jesus only doctrine of Christ, that he is God and there's not another. Will literally come against the saints of God. But the fire that out of their mouth, the Holy Ghost, in this manner they'll be killed. We saw a little bit of it in the former rain, Sapphire and Ananias, but we see a lot in the latter. Well, that's wormwood. A peace shall destroy many. And uh, that third part of the waters became wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. They tried to give Jesus wormwood and on the cross, the gall of bitterness. And he would not drink it. He spit it out. In other words, let's give a quick way to death and you know what you know. Nothing that the enemy does. Jesus laid down his life freely. He did not take the gall, the vinegar, spit it out. Here, many will die because they will will drink of these forbidden waters. This will be the time of great delusion, strong delusion, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. If it were possible, the very elect would be deceived by signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Oh, friend, we need to get the word of God get sealed in it. God's doing it now. Now, after that, he said, whoa, 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 being the inhabitants of the earth, by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound. The fifth one sounded. And that is where we have the locusts coming up out of that bottomless pit. To hurt only those that have not the seal of God in their forehead. We've got to be sealed. Then you have that that sixth trumpet sounds, and you see there uh, that sixth there, and he said, Loose those four angels in the great river Euphrates for uh, a a day, an hour, a day, a month, and a year. Why? To destroy and slay a third part of the men. Well, why slay a third? So warn the other two thirds. Turn to God. Not God's not willing that any should perish. We're not out of here yet. There's no pre tribulation rapture. This is happening. Men's heart's failing them for fear. Lift Lift up your eyes for your salvation draweth nigh. All these things are beginning to come to pass when you see them. Men's heart will be failing them for fear for the signs in the heavens. He's shaking the heavens. Said he would. Hebrews 12. Then that seventh trumpet sounds, And then we know what happens. The mystery of God's finished. All these are judgment miracles. All these are the final judgment of God laid to the land, righteous to the plummet through the body of Christ as a voice, as a mouthpiece, as an oracle for God. Now, there's much, much more to it. Yes, there is. But a highlight. That's simply an overview of what we're looking at. And we're in that time, that season now. On the 19th of January, 2019, we had a visitation with the Lord after preaching in a Messiah tribal church in trans Transamerica, Kenya, Africa, saying, seal my people by my word, as I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. In other words, he's already dispatched that angel. We're in that time. It's time. The book is not sealed. The time is at hand for us to receive the word of God. The height, depth, the length, and width of Christ. Judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. Revealing the height, depth, length, and width of Christ in you, the hope of glory unto perfection. And that's where we are. And... Uh, these woe trumpets, we, without the seal of God in Revelation 7, those living creatures, the, the literal uh, beast before the throne of God, they're the redeemed. Lion, man, calf, and eagle. Same as you see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. And the glory of the Lord to come over the threshold and went over the cherubim. Why? Because God's glory will be revealed in and over them in the last days as the ministry voice of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. The time is now to those that have an ear to hear. Well, we would love to hear from you. There's hold. Notice that in the vows, <laughs> wherein is sealed up the wrath of God, there's no voices there. They just pour it out. The vials weren't spilled with the wrath of God, and the angelic host pours it out. You know, pour it out, pour it out. And all these are wrath upon the disobedient, upon the wicked, upon the uh, profane. And they curse God. And they will not repent of their works, of their evil deeds, which they've ungodly committed. And it's just, it doesn't say a voice. There's no thunder. It's just poured out, poured out, poured out. We have to hear the voice. We have to know the time of our visitation. And we have to receive that word. And after that, we receive it. God revealing it now. And after that, we receive it. That he's already opened that door saying, come and hear. And the Lord speaking to those that will overcome. That That voice there that after we've received that word of God, we've become sealed as fathers. And it's that we're, and after that we've received it, we're sealed. We're sealed. There's nobody's going to pluck it out of God's hand. We're sealed in that mind of Christ. That gold plate over the forehead of the priest, the high priest held together by the two the ribbons of blue held by God himself. And notice that Mr. Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth. She can wear the scarlet. She can wear the purple. She can't wear the blue. She will never give Jesus the honor that he is the father of glory. She cannot wear the blue. But the priest in that in that uh, uh, turban, in that uh, ceiling in their forehead, of that golden plate, holiness unto the Lord, Jehovah, and it's held by two ribbons of blue. They have that mind of Christ, and they will not be deceived, because they're sealed. After they they, they have received that word of God, they're sealed. And it's not of us. It's the ribbons of blue holding it, girding it to our forehead. You cannot you can't take it out of God's hand. I have you etched and graved in the palms of my hand. That's the ceiling, that's the sign of the ceiling of the Holy Ghost. If this if his word has stirred you, and maybe you believed in a pre tribulation rapture, you don't see the work of God in judgment and the saints of God being the instruments that He's going to use, that you are the John, and that in the spirit of Elijah. And that heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, Acts 3, 20, 21. And you say, wait a minute. God is going to do a wonderful work, a great work, a radical change than Pentecost, shaking the not only the earth but also heaven. And he'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. We'll find it in the tabernacles. In the 21st day of the seventh month, Haggai said after he's shaking the power of, of the nations, then the desire of the nations shall come. All the silver and gold is mine. I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. We are that latter house. That those that have an ear and hear the word and receive it, and after that they have received that word, they are the ones that seal. They are the ones that will be used. They are the ones that will seal, of the servants of God, not natural Israel, the servants of God in their forehead, Revelation seven. Revelation 14, having their Father's name written in there, in their forehead. If the Holy Ghost has dealt with you and bore witness with your spirit that this is the Word of God, we'd love to hear from you. Know them who labor among you, we'd like to know you and like to meet you. So the body of Christ is coming together in one, in the unity of the faith, the edifying of itself and love. We must come together, not denominations, but the body of Christ. We're here for you and we'd like to meet you. If you will, Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or if you have questions, maybe you have questions. Or you'd like to send us a message or tell us about yourself. Then you can do that through our websites, sealinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org. Either one. And we'll love to get your message and respond back to you. Love to meet you. And there, when we come together, bone to bone, make it a joint, whichever joint supplies, to the edifying of itself in love, through the supply of the Spirit. We must come together For the unity of the faith parts that happen, and God's doing it now. Well, we we'll thank you for your prayerful support and your generous donations, by which we're able to keep the podcast coming to you, to you over the air. And we always pray over those offerings that you give for God to manifest it, multiply it back to you some 30, 60, 100 fold that you'll be able for every good work and God supplying not only the needs but the wants of the saints. Well, the Lord Jesus bless you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.